Well, good morning, church, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you see this. Um, I welcome you here this morning. Uh, maybe a time of learning, maybe a time of worship, and a time of fellowship. And before we start, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we just welcome you to this time. We welcome you through the Zoom lines that you would just touch uh, those that are listening and watching this morning, Father, that you would just touch their hearts. May this message be yours, and may it be clear and uh, full of uh, just your knowledge, your wisdom for each one that is listening. So I just thank you again for this opportunity to share uh, your message in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the morning topic is prayer. A key weapon in our spiritual walk with God. A proven means of strength, calming, healing, loneliness, relationship building, a cleansing of our sinful desire and acts, and the list could go on. The purpose of prayer is not to just change circumstances, but the primary purpose is to change us. Sometimes the purpose of prayer is to get us out of circumstances, but more often than not, the purpose of prayer um, is to get us out of circumstances, but to get us through them. We can pray deliverance prayers, but a lot of the times, the prevailing prayer are what is called for. We need to ask God to give us the grace to sustain, the strength to stand firm, and the willpower to keep on keeping on. Again, it is to give us the grace to sustain, the strength to stand firm, and the willpower to keep on keeping on. And you that have been to our church for years can remember that from Nick Nicole. The bottom line is no matter, no matter the prayer, the main thing is to glorify God in any situation. I will start today by giving you some reasons to pray. So get a piece of paper, and a pen, and scriptures will be coming at you fast. So write the book, the chapter, and the verse, and then later on you can go and read them for yourself and take from them what God is trying to lay on your heart. Then we will turn to some disciplines and then a way to pray. So the first one is, God's Word calls us to pray. One key reason to pray is because God has commanded us to pray. If we are to, uh, to be obedient to His will, then prayer must be a part of our life in Him. So let's go with Matthew 44, 544. Pray for those who persecute you. And when you pray, Matthew 6, 5. This then is how you should pray, Matthew 6, 9. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer, Romans 12, 12. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and request, Ephesians 6, 18. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, Philip, or Philippians 4, 6. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, Colossians 4.2. Pray continually, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I urge then, first of all, that request prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, in 1 Timothy 2.1. Prayer is an act of obedience. God calls us to pray, and we must respond. Number two is Jesus prayed regularly. 
Why did Jesus pray? One reason he prayed was an example. So to be an example, so we could learn from him. The Gospels are full of references to the prayers of Christ. But these are the examples that he had. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Matthew 14, 23. Then Jesus went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Matthew 26, 36. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark 1, 35. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Luke 5, 16. One of those days, Jesus went out onto the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Luke 6, 12. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not to give up. Luke 18, 1. As we can see in all those circumstances, it was very important to Jesus to pray. But not only that, but to go off into a place of his own and be with God. Number three is prayer is how we communicate with God. Prayer allows us to worship and praise the Lord. It allows us to offer confessions of our sins, which should lead us to repentance. Moreover, prayer grants us the opportunity to present our request to God. All these aspects of prayer involve communications with our Creator. He is personal, He cares for us, and He wants to commune with us through prayer. God said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their lands. 2 Chronicles 7.14 Isaiah wrote, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow strong or grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, 29, 31. And as I thought of that, as I wrote that down, I thought of Dot Roberge. She was always on the go. Always. <laughs> And if we would think of a person who called on him, it would be her. She had the ear of God. And we miss her. And Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 reads, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace and with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, prayer is not just about asking God's blessings, though we are welcome to do so, but it is about communications with the living God. Without communications, relationships will fall apart. So too our relationship with God will suffer. Then God suffers when we do not communicate with Him. For prayer allows us to participate in God's work. God does not need our help. He is all-powerful and control of everything in His creation. Why do we need to pray? Because prayer is the means God has ordained for some things to happen. Prayer, for instance, helps others know the love of Jesus. 
Prayers can clear human obstacles out of the way for God's work to be done. It is not that God can't work without prayers, but He has established prayers as a part of His plan for accomplishing His will in this world. Prayers gives us the power over evil. Can physical strength help us to overcome obstacles and challenges in the spiritual realm? No, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6.12 But in prayer, even the physically weak can become strong in the spiritual realm. As such, we can call upon God to grant us power over evil. For physical Training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. 1 Timothy 4.8 Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. In Matthew 26.4 Prayer is always available. Nothing can keep us from approaching God in prayer except our own choices. Romans 8, 38-39 Prayer keeps us humble before God. Humility is a virtue God desires in us. In James 4.10 Prayer reminds us that we are not in control, but God is, thus keeping us from pride. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like the child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18.4 Prayer grants us the privilege of experiencing God. Prayer can make our experience of God real and an emotional, on an emotional level. Answered prayer is a potential witness. Our prayers are answered so it can serve as a potential witness for those who doubt. And prayer strengthens the bond between believers. It strengthens our relationship with God, but also when we pray with others, other believers, our prayers also strengthen the bond between us as church after church after church of people getting together, that family bond that just makes us trust each other and trust in God. And this is what prayer can do. Prayer can concede where other means have failed. Have all your options been exhausted? You've called everyone you know, looked up everything on the internet, Prayer can succeed where other means have failed. Prayer should not be our last resort, but our first response. Not our last resort, but our first response. Think of the difference we would, how we would handle things if we went at it prayer first. Things would change. And then prayers can fulfill emotional needs. C.S. Lewis said, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is a fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. Prayer is an important part of our daily living. As we think of the times where prayer would have been a better option instead of the options we took, things in our life would be different and better. Now the discipline part. Do you schedule a time for prayer? Our lives are so busy, too busy to pray, yet when we examine our time, we see how much time that we wasted. 
TV binging for hours, tablet watching or game playing, Facebooking, and all other forms of internet browsing, shopping, you name it, we are doing it. But do we, or can we make the decision to set a time for prayer? Not that we cannot talk to him through the day, at any time, as we have already discovered, but a time when, like Jesus, went to a solitary place just to be alone with his Father, where there was no distractions. Your prayer room, what and whatever it may be, becomes like the Garden of Gethsemane became to Jesus, a holy place where God meets you. The point is that you are serious about something, you will make room for it in your schedule. If prayer is important to you, then you'll find the time to do it. If we are to live in God's presence, we must shut out the world occasionally so that we can hear God's voice and only God's voice. God's power is available to us when we come to Him in solitude, when we learn how to focus and center our hearts and be quiet before Him. When we learn the discipline of sisterliness before God, we find out that His promptings come through to us clearly and with little interference. God wants us to talk to Him from the heart, as to a friend, as to a father, authentically, reverently, personally, and earnestly. Jesus told His disciples not just to pray privately and sincerely, but to the point. And this is modeled in the Lord's Prayer, which we will save for later. There is so much more I could say about praying, like being silent and listening to God speak, unanswered prayers, prayers that move mountains, the faithfulness of God, the Holy Spirit prompting. But here are four things on how to pray. Pray regularly, pray privately, pray sincerely, and pray specifically. Four things that if you put your heart to it and your mind to it, that you will draw closer to God and He will be the focus of your moment and of your time. And here is a formula that will help you become disciplined with your prayer life, a place to start. If we think of the book of Acts, a book of faith and action, then it will remind you of a pattern for praying. And of course, it starts with the letter A for adoration. It sets the tone for the entire prayer. It reminds us of whom we are addressing, whose presence we have entered, and whose attention we have gained. We can praise God for being faithful, righteous, just, merciful, gracious, willing to provide, attentive, and unchanging. And we can thank Him for His Son, Jesus. It is a worthwhile place to start because it helps you to focus on how awesome God is and takes the focus off you for the moment and maybe helps you put things into a better light. 1 John 3.1 says, How great is the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. It might be something new at first, but once you start to realize He is worthy of our praise, it will be hard not to start by worshiping Him for who He is. C is for confession. It is probably the most neglected area of our personal prayer. When we pile all our sins together and just ask God to wipe them out, we lose sense of what they were and maybe how hurt someone was or that little white lie we told. 
whatever falls into that category. We neglect to feel the pain or the embarrassment or the shame that it should have drawn out of us. But if you take each one out of the pile and call it by name, it puts a personal touch to it and changes how you deal with it. Just because it might be the norm of the world, it doesn't make it right. When you call them by name, your conscience will get cleansed. You will be flooded with relief that God has a forgiving nature. You'll finally feel free to pray for strength to renounce that sin from the point forward. And after days of confessing the sin and calling on yourself or calling yourself whatever it is you are doing, you will get to the point. I've got to get this out of my life. As God goes to work, Paul's words from 2 Corinthians 5.17 are being fulfilled. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old has gone, the new has come. How many people here today need to hear that? Are you stuck in a situation and can't seem to get out? We must believe in God's forgiving nature. Life will bring you to your knees. God will lift you from there. Then you will go to your knees thankful for His great mercy. T for thanksgiving. Paul again writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, for you in Christ Jesus. This is the part where you identify from feeling grateful and expressing thanks. Taking the time to say thank you is but a moment, but the effects last a long time. Even the simple things as pass the pepper, my confession time, just acknowledges that someone went out of their way to do something for you. As parents, we harp that into our children, and yet I somehow think I deserve this effort. Looks like I'll be going back to the C category after this. Do you thank God every day for the blessings He has poured into your lives? I'm sure He loves to hear from His grateful children just as much as we do. Things like answered prayers, spiritual blessings, relationship blessings, and material blessings. Almost everything in our lives fit into this category. Don't, doesn't that just take you back to the adoration, which is a great place to be for the next letter? Supplication, or S. Asking for help. Requests that you make to God. Nothing is too big or too small for God to handle or to be interested in. Sometimes we don't know if something we should bring before Him uh, is something that we should. So we have to be honest and just ask Him to decide the issue, how to pray about it, and then do it His way. In James 1.5 He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. We could break this down to, a, to the thought of prayer requests into like our ministry programs, like praying for our church programs, our staff, our volunteers, that our efforts will draw people to Christ. For the people, though, for the people that hold leadership positions, our elders, our board of directors, those that struggle with physical disease, those that I know that are living far from God, that He will draw them to Him. Another category is our families, our marriages, our children. Help us to be godly men and women, 
for our nieces and nephews and grandchildren. Decisions about our finances, just about anything. Some it may be what education to choose or what job I may be able to get. And then in the personal category, I think the hardest one to be praying for, which we should pray for constantly, is for our characters to help us to be more like Christ. After you have started and been faithful in your attention to praying and maybe journaling, go back and look how faithful God has been and let that encourage you to step it up even more. In conclusion, we can all go to the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Do not overlook the words of this prayer. Take them to heart, for they are deeper than we think. Ask people who have struggled or have suffered tragedy or trials in their lives. Ask them what happened in their souls when they finally fell on their knees and poured their lives out to the Lord. Some will say, God understood me. Or I felt surrounded by his presence. Or I felt comfort and peace like I've never felt before. This, my friend, is our God of peace. The God of power. The God who is waiting to hear from you. Because you are not alone and God loves you. He loves you enough to have sent his son for you. To pay a price, a death penalty. But death could not hold him. So if you accept him, death won't hold you either. And it's funny, as I just add on to this, is that as we went through our prayer meeting on Thursday night, that a lot of these scriptures were mentioned. The Lord's Prayer was mentioned. And it's the fact that as we get together and we start to learn His Word, that when we do have prayer times and we go before the Lord, that we can quote His words back to Him. And that when we meet people on the street, our prayer life will help when we have conversations with them. And the Holy Spirit will work through you, through your prayer time, and give you that confidence, that insurance that you are doing the will of God. So, as we did on Thursday night, we are all going to, uh, if you can, Stand up, keep your cameras at a good angle, and we are going to receive every we are going to say the Lord's Prayer together. So unmute your computers and we will start. Our Father, who art is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.